What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the game preview edition for Chiefs vs. Titans. I think we have a few uh, exciting things to potentially talk about. Here to help me talk about all those things. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. It is Matthew Lane, who is trying to uh, to not be distracted by the great Derek Carr-Philip Rivers battle right now. You said we had fun stuff to talk about, and I just assumed we were talking about the clown show that is Thursday Night Football <laughs> right now. Is this is some high quality stuff. We have seen like two passes go over six and a half yards. It is the perfect wheelhouse of Derek Carr and Phillip Rivers. <laughs> Peak performance tonight. Uh normally this is the part where Maddie introduces Craig, but I guess <laughs> I guess Matt's not on his game today, much like Derek Carr is uh right now. Uh Craig Stout, find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. How you doing, buddy? You guys out here slandering Derek Carr and Phillip Rivers, these guys are highly rated quarterbacks. Oh, that's uh, true. Very, very established quarterbacks in the National Football League. Some would argue maybe higher than than Patrick Mahomes, Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Best two quarterbacks the, in the division, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Huh. No, I'm huh. just, I'm now, just joking. A- we, all, we all know that's silly. We do. What a, what a fantastic segue, though. Because we have three storylines on offense. Uh, I wonder what the first one's going to be. Darwin Thompson going to be We might see Patrick LeVon Mahomes this week, Maddie. I, I am like so thrilled. Better. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for uh, a few weeks. We thought it was going to be like a long time that we were going to be without him. Uh, but no, it, we're going to get to see potentially Patrick Mahomes this week. I cannot wait uh, it's 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 a it's it's been a it's been a long three weeks, Matt. I don't I, I've had to write about Matt Moore a lot, and it's been way more pleasant than I thought it would be, Maddie. Yeah, the Chiefs definitely found a way to make Matt Moore work. Like it it didn't feel like the Chiefs were just surviving. It wasn't the same as when Patrick Mahomes is playing. There's some clear faults, limitations, so on and so forth, like everyone would expect. But it didn't really feel like the Chiefs were limping along, just trying to hang on by their nails. They seemed like they had a plan. They were able to attack defenses with him out there, with Matt Moore out there. And I think a huge part of that was getting a healthy Sammy Watkins and then getting Tyree Kill back. Now we get to see Patrick Mahomes with essentially everybody out there. I think we got more on that coming later, so I'm just going to kind of zip that one back up. But it's time. We get to move on from Patrick Mah- the Matt Moore era. We are now back to Patrick Mahomes. I don't think anybody could be more excited than our defensive film analyst, Craig Stout, <laughs> as he now gets to watch more defensive snaps because we're going to score quicker. Hey, I'm fine with it. If, they, if they're pinning their ears back and getting to get after the quarterback because Patrick Mahomes is putting up countless points on the other end of the field, I'm good with it. I'll watch bad defense again if it means that they're, they're scoring lights out. I just we're going to remember the Matty Moore era very fondly, and that makes me very happy because I, I maybe my favorite part of every week these past three weeks has been getting to listen to him on the podium. That's a dude that is the most relaxed, chill quarterback in the National Football League. And now we get to go back to Patrick Mahomes being, you know, a typical Andy Reid guy on the podium. He's not going to say a whole lot. He's going to be very complimentary of everybody. But obviously, yes, the on the field performance is going to be 
significantly better. My favorite part was watching Matt Moore roll up in a Costco button up on the way to the yes. stadium. Yeah. Like there's so much swag and then there's Matt Moore swag where it's just like he's got more swag than anyone. Mm. That might be the last Matt Moore pun we have to use for the rest of the My season. My favorite part is definitely getting podium interview f- film breakdown from the one the only Renaissance man on this podcast. Where else will you guys get the content of somebody breaking down the mannerisms of a player on the podium when talking <laughs> Chiefs football? Boy, that's that's the hard hitting stuff, right? <laughs> that's why that's why oh. we get the clicks and the downloads. Oh my god! Yeah, I just I just loved it. He was so chill. You never get to hear guys like that. Like he was real. It was awesome. I I, I was here for it. I love that more. We got a real interview today from a Chiefs player out of the locker room. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. We're not we're not gonna talk about that. We're just gonna not go there. Uh okay, so Patrick Mahomes is back, storyline two, or hopefully back. We don't know for sure, but like it just feels like it. Like, let's just be honest. Number two storyline this week is protecting Patrick Mahomes, as it should be. Uh we we don't know if Eric Fisher's gonna be back. We're gonna find out. Uh but you know, his ankle's gonna be healthy, his knee's gonna probably be healthy. And hopefully they could just keep it like that for a while, Cam Irving. Uh, I, you know, it was a really rough stretch where you know it was really it was like watching a fighter get the crap kicked out of him, and you're just like, you know, throw in the towel, Pat, because you're just scared of just all the stuff happening to him, and every every hit is just painful to watch, ankles stepped on, all that stuff. Keep the man upright. I'm looking at you, Cam Irving. I'm looking at you, Martinez Rankin. I'm looking at you, Andrew Wiley, Austin Ryder, Mitch Schwartz. Like, let's let's take care of let's take care of Patrick Mahomes, please. I think there's gonna be a huge emphasis on that. I don't know if you can fix some of the issues that you're talking about, the Cam Irving playing next to Martinez Rankin, playing next to Austin Ryder, playing next to Andrew Wiley. Like it's a lot of new <laughs> pieces next to each other. It's a it's a chain that all has kind of some flimsy connections there. It's hard to sure up all of it at once. But I don't think the Chiefs are going to put Patrick Mahomes back out there if they don't feel confident, at least in his ability to move somewhat close to his normal ability. I don't think you're going to see any quite of the crazy run 10 yards back, sprint out left, and throw a weird pass from a crazy angle. But I think he should be able to slide in the pocket, which he's going to have to behind this offensive line. They might roll him out a little bit and make him throw on the move. Again, that's something that he might have to do behind this offensive line. It's part of his game. Those things I think you would should expect to still see. You just don't want to see him having to run for his life. You don't, and this is a big Cam Irving thing, you don't want to see players pushed back into his personal bubble because it's going to make oh, him Lord. throw off his back foot. It's going to get his, this is feet, my his ankle stepped on. And Cam Irving has a problem standing upright, letting players get underneath <laughs> him, often falling over. Or getting bowled back into Patrick Mahomes' legs. He just that's, that's if he makes his, contact with anyone. That's just part of his game, is not the greatest anchor or balance. He's ended up on Mahomes' legs a lot. They have to be really careful of that. And I know it's something hard to watch live in a game, but it's gotta be in the back of everyone's mind. Yeah, I would be fine with them approaching the Pat protecting Patrick Mahomes the same way that they kind of did with Matt Moore. Leave a tight end in, leave a running back in. Just 
chip away. I know that, you know, there's some stats out there that say that chipping isn't necessarily (laughs) as effective from a running back, but they are more effective from a tight end. So, I mean, you maybe want to keep those guys in there, run a couple more two and three man routes with, you know, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. Leave the running back in, leave Blake Bell in, operate out of 12 personnel a little more. Just offer a little bit more resistance on the way to Patrick Mahomes. There's going to be like four people that get that chipping joke. And if you're one of them, just like tag us and and, and help give us the context. And I'll give you a free KC draft guide. I'll just I'll just tell you that right now. That was that was some next level nerd stuff. You can tell um, we're all feeling good with the Chiefs coming off a of victory and getting Patrick Mahomes back because there has been more jokes flying across the beginning of this podcast. I think that we've got since about week three. Yeah, there's a lot of hope right now. It's it's kind of fun. It's it's a nice change up. It is uh, fun, Kent. It is fun, which brings us to our next storyline, Craig, the king of transitions. He's Guys, the king of a lot of things. We'll see. Let's uh, can I have the can I have the floor, please. Would be okay, Matt. Thank you. I just need I just need a little space here. Need a little space. Uh, I'm your camera. We have thing. been. We okay. have been deprived of getting to see the greatest show on turf on steroids. We have been deprived of getting to see a more cerebral, more aware, you know, more uh, more experienced Patrick Levon Mahomes get to just deal to all of the weapons that he has at his disposal at his disposal part of it has been been because of injuries to Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins part of it has been the ankle there's just been a lot of issues so we have not really got to see the full reveal that 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 stack of pat plays that index card stack of pat plays was collecting dust fellas because Tyreek Hill wasn't available to Patrick Levon Mahomes during his the, during his stint for the majority of it, and Sammy Watkins, when Tyreek Hill was back, wasn't available either. It's time, fellas. It's time for the Chiefs to go out and 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 show the world for the next seven games of the regular season, the next three in the postseason, because they're getting a buy and because they're winning a Super Bowl. What this offense is going to look like, and what this offense was supposed to look like. Some might say it's time to establish the run. I say it's time to hashtag establish the fun. Light up the scoreboard. Give us all the show we've been waiting to see. And and don't lose a football game the rest of the year. Follow that up, Matthew. I don't think I have anything to follow this up with, Ken. I think you have laid down the groundwork for establishing the fun perfectly, and I'm just going to pass it on over to Craig. Yeah, no. Uh, establish the fun? All you, buddy. You, you got this. <laughs> I, I feel like there, that was a perfectly great intro. Just r- run the T-Brew. I'm very excited. I was very excited to come up with the pun. Shocker. But I'm more excited that we get to see all these weapons back at the same time. Hopefully Cam Irving doesn't ruin it. (sighs) Okay, give me let's let's talk about players to watch on the offensive side of the football. Craig, start us off. 
Uh, my player to watch this week is going to be Andrew Wiley. I know Jeffrey Simmons popped up on the injury report with a hamstring injury, and Jarrell Casey is probably going to be out as well. But if either one of those two can go, I think that they are awful matchups for the Chiefs' interior offensive line, any off interior offensive line, but especially the Chiefs. If Jeffrey Simmons can go, we talked about him a lot in the pre-draft process, how he was a fast, strong, he was just kind of a monster, a top 10 pick and a really good defensive line class. I am terrified of him against Andrew Wiley, who has not been necessarily as good as we've seen, and he's going to be moved over to the right side, you know, filling in for LDT potentially. So if he is over there, I, I'm a little worried about that matchup, so I'll be keeping my eye on him. I think you're going to see a theme here. My guy to watch is going to be Cameron Irving. Probably playing left tackle in place of Eric Fisher, who I hope does not come back too early because he is going to be vital for this team to win in the playoffs. Cameron Irving is acceptable to win games, as we've seen. He is just not acceptable to protect Patrick Mahomes from getting hurt. So, Cameron Irving, this is your biggest challenge. You've got Harold Landry across from you on one side. You might see some guys, some Jarrell Casey if he plays. You might get some bigger guys out there across from you. You have to be on your A game. You need to be ready. You might get old man Cameron Wake out there. Just please, if you get Patrick Mahomes sacked, that's fine. Just please quit stepping on him. We can give up a sack as long as Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt again. Just don't give up five. Don't step on him. We will be good. (laughs) My guy is Sammy Watkins because uh, the last – the last time that uh, the Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins were on the field, put up 198 t- uh, yards and three tutties. It was a beautiful performance. He looked like a spry young man. I think one thing about Sammy Watkins is when he had his little injury, I think everybody just kind of assumed and kind of just kind of ri- wrote, wrote him off completely. Like there was no chance he would show some of the spark and some of the, some of the pulse that he had at the beginning of the year, but. I think he kind of has since he got back. I'm I'm still encouraged by what I've seen from him. I think he looks better than he did last year, even after this little little uh, little uh, issue, you know, that he was off for a couple weeks. So I want to see what he looks like this week with Mahomes back. Hopefully, could be a lot of fun. We're gonna take a break. We will be back for the defensive side of the football right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
Okay, it is time to talk about the defense and uh, what they uh, what they've got you know kind of going up against this week against the Tennessee Titans. And we'll start with this. I think this is the very obvious one. The Chiefs need to stop Derrick Henry. He's a very good football player. He's had a lot of success this this year. Craig, what are they going to do to stop him? I think that they just have to play the same type of game that they've played the past couple weeks against Green Bay and against Minnesota. I... I like what they've done. I like the gap discipline that they've used. I, we've got another topic that ties into this, but the, the Tennessee offensive line is not particularly good at run blocking or pass blocking. Derrick Henry does more with less than a lot of guys that are in this league. He takes a lot of negative runs, but he's able to bust through, break tackles, get into the second level, and do some extra damage. Derrick Henry, they just got to keep him contained. Don't allow a little seam, a gap for him to be able to hit full strength because he's very, very difficult to tackle. They just got to stay gap sound like they have, and I think that they can contain Derrick Henry this week. The Titans offense starts, stops, ends, does everything involved around Derrick Henry. Marcus Mariota doesn't strike fear, I don't think, in any defense around the NFL. If you're going to lose the Titans, if you dare Marcus Marietta to go out there and beat you and it happens, I think you just have to... It's Tannehill now. Is Tannehill back in now? Okay, so I thought I thought that Tannehill was out and my Mariota was back in. So I think this nope. explains everything you need to know. The Miami Dolphins were willing to give up on Ryan Tannehill. He is now starting <laughs> over Marcus Mariota. I, there's no reason to talk about a quarterback for the Titans one way or the other. Stop Derrick Henry, you win the game. The Titans aren't scoring more than 14 points if Derrick Henry has a bad game. I tend to agree. Uh, and, and I don't think Derrick Henry is like an overly dynamic player. I, I'm still I'm kind of amazed at how productive he is, if I'm being honest. Because guys with really stiff hips that are linear, granted they're big, not super dynamic in the passing game. I they just they don't they don't do much very often. I mean <laughs> Like I just flat out. So, uh, <clears throat> all right, let's move on to another storyline here. The defensive line has had a lot of success the last few weeks. They've had a really good, uh, really good stretch here, both against the run and you know, obviously, have been able to you know affect the passer too. So, Maddie, is the D line going to eat this week? You would think so. This seems to be a prime game for them to take off. We saw, we Craig talked about it a little bit, the Titans' offensive line has not particularly been great so far this year. They have some talent along there. They've tried to shore up that offensive line across, but you really have Taylor Luan and a bunch of subpar to average players. Jack Conklin gets a lot of, you know, gets a little more praise around the league than I think we think he should get. He's a pretty <laughs> big hole on the right side there. The interior line does a decent job at creating movement at times but they're not consistent at it at all if you're going to have a game for the defensive line to really tee off this is going to be one of them I think we talked about it earlier in the week let Chris Jones play on the end a little bit more hopefully Frank Clark comes back this is a good game to work back in on especially you get prime before playing against the Chargers offensive tackles in a following week who have also been terrible just have a good game get work back into things. If not, Emmanuel Ogba, Tato Passanio, like you have guys that could really have big games here. It's just a matter of, is this going to be a game where we play like we did against the Houston Texans or like we have since where the defensive line has been dominant and I've leaned towards the latter. 
Yeah, me too. I, I do think that the Chiefs interior defensive lineman, Colin Saunders, Derek Nottie, I think that they can gain penetration on this interior offensive line. I know we saw Derek Nottie kind of wreck a few plays against Minnesota. I, I'm actually expecting a similar performance from him again this week. I think that they can be dominant up front, and I think that they can win with a four-man rush regularly, especially with how long Ty, uh, Ryan Tannehill holds on to the ball. So I, I do think that they are going to eat I, I think it is a big, big day. I mean, the past three weeks, they've had a very nice 69 pressures. I think that they can continue <laughs> to go out and do more of that this week. Guys, uh, you know how they, they say sacks come in bunches? Or Frank Clark has said at least. The Chiefs <laughs> have had sacks in bunches. I, they have. Um, I think this could be a very good week for a bunch of sacks to occur. And here's why. You guys know I have some strong opinions about Kirk Cousins. Oh, get ready, guys. I have... This is this is really weird, and it's very organic. I swear I'm not just doing this just because I want to get angry. I have very strong opinions about Jack Conklin, the right tackle for the Tennessee Titans. And it starts with the draft nerdness. People tried to tell us that Jack Conklin was good at football. A bunch of people, it was, I respect their opinions, were trying to convince me that Jack Conklin was good at football. But then I would put the tape on, and I would watch his pass set literally be a karaoke where he's crossing his feet and praying to God that a mid-level Mac defensive end was going to be able to, to, to be slowed down by his process. I did not understand it at all. I tried really hard to find good plays from Jack Conklin in his time at Michigan State, and I couldn't find any. The man, I've seen so many clips of Johnny Nobody putting him on his butt Johnny, nobody's pretty strong and fast, though. He's good at the point of attack, but that's not the point. I've seen this man on the ground more than Cam Irving. Lies. 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 This is my time, Maddie. I saw a certain website praise Jack Conklin and give him a super high grade his rookie year. Because he was getting help from the tight end literally every play. They were afraid to put him on an island. The man is bad. He has no balance. He he has like he he's just holding on for dear life half the time. And we and we have to act like he's good at football. I and he got picked 8th. He got picked 8th in the draft. And I saw zero reason to give that man that kind of praise. And he's not good and he's going to prove that this week. I hope he gets his lunch eaten. As he deserves. The same way Kirk Cousins got his lunch eaten last week. I don't know why. I, I just got like... Who who do they play next week? The Chargers. Chargers. The Chargers. So I know. Yeah. This is a new weekly segment where we just like can't rip on no, some poor I don't, player I don't no, on the I, opposing team. Like Matt and I have been checking our phone that entire time. Guys. I just... I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know if I have any like super strong no, opinions. Do. Like I can dunk I on. can pull up the DMs about Philip Rivers. You got plenty to say. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that's just it's not it's just not as fun to do that one. So maybe I'll lay off next week. But yeah, Jack Conklin, keep an eye on him. It's gonna be fun. Uh okay. We got one more storyline. 
We've got we've done stopping Derrick Henry. We've done you know will the D line eat? And now we're just gonna call it slowing down Derrick Henry. And I know we've done that twice. There's a reason because he is literally the only offensive weapon that strikes fear in anyone, Craig. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Uh, Corey Davis looks to be out, and he was a potential deep threat there. They've got Tajay Sharp, Adam Humphreys, A.J. Brown, who's a rookie that we liked but still is a rookie, and then Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser at tight end. Literally Oops. the only the, uh, the uh, guys that Ryan Tannehill's been leaning on the past two weeks, too. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry are the only real danger men on this offense. I would expect Steve Spagnuolo to come out, feel entirely capable of playing a lot of man defense without a ton of help over the top, and just stack the box, force the Titans to try and run against loaded fronts, and then blitz the crap out of Ryan Tannehill and just get lots of pressure, lots of sacks. I think that based on what they've had to play over the past few weeks, that Steve Spagnuolo is relishing in the fact that he gets another opponent like this without so many weapons to have to take care of. Yeah, this game plan should very much look like the game plan against the Denver Broncos, sending lots of pressure. Ryan Tannehill is a lot more mobile than Joe Flacco is, but I would definitely say the Broncos had a better receiving group at the time of the game. and just send a lot of guys at Tannehill make him beat you, slow down Derrick Henry as much as possible with the loaded boxes. We don't need two high safeties like we saw a lot last week against the Vikings or you saw against the Packers. Bring Tyron Matthew into the box when he's not going to be out there playing on the slot. Let's get that extra safety down in the box, get some more guys out there, attack everything downhill, run blitz. Even if you're run blitzing, you can make Tannehill panic. He'll throw up some ducks. I don't think anybody in the Chiefs, even if I'm skeptical about the Chiefs cornerback still, and I love A.J. Brown, that's about it. I no other receiver scares me. Adam Humphreys might catch 28 balls, but he's going to have like 60 yards in those 28 catches. I think you're okay with that. It's a bunch of slot guys working for this team right now, especially without Corey Davis, who wasn't lighting it up beforehand. John o. Smith might be their biggest deep threat in the passing game at this point <laughs> in time. And he's a tight end, so it's a little bit nerve-wracking with the Chiefs' issues at linebacker in terms of coverage. But that's it. You've got nothing else to worry about through the air. Stop the run. Slow down the run. You win this game by a landslide. I think, you know, just limit explosive plays. I, I think, you know, just make them beat you consistently down the field. A.J. Brown's been really good after the catch. I think he's got one of the best yards after the catch, you know, per target in in the league. Johnny Smith, yeah, sure. Maybe he gives you some problems against your linebackers. Adam Humphreys, I uh, I picked up Adam Humphreys in fantasy this week just because I am desperate for a flex player. So hopefully he <laughs> does catch a lot of targets because I have a PPR league. Okay. And this fellas. is a life with Kent. Uh, oh, by the, also, oh, go. What? What'd you say? This is a, a day in the life of Kent learning about his fantasy football team no. and its rules and <laughs> yeah, regulations. I know, right? Also, I just watched Derek Carr in the in the Oakland Raiders uh, kick a field goal inside the five yard line on a fourth and two. I am going to predict that that winds up costing them the football game, and we're going to find out when this podcast releases tomorrow if I'm right or not, because that's well, just an abysmal decision. Two yards that's is just too far downfield for Derek Carr to throw. That's true. That's a good point. You're going to have to run that one. Uh, okay, players to watch. Craig, start us off. I'm going with Damian Wilson. Uh, the Chiefs linebackers have been better over the last three weeks outside of pass coverage. 
and there's going to be a lot of heavy personnel this week. The Titans do love to bring in a couple extra tight ends. They like to kind of stack the box a little bit and run against these loaded boxes. So Damian Wilson's going to have to play particularly well in the run game, but he's also probably going to find himself matched up against Jonu Smith, Anthony Ferkser, maybe Derrick Henry a little bit as well. I don't think that they'll you know, kind of line up in a way that Deion Lewis can get one-on-one against him. He's going to have to show that he can hold his own because Brian Tannehill, frankly, just wants to lean on those tight ends. So if Damian Wilson can be good in coverage this week and particularly good in the flats when tackling, he's missed a few the past couple weeks, he needs to be better in those areas. If he has a good week, then I think that this is already all said and done. My guy to watch is going to be Tyron Matthew. I kind of hinted at it before, but I think it's a time to slide the safety back into the box, get another game that more resembles the Ravens game or the Broncos game where Tyron Matthew pretty much had his most effective games, made the most splash plays in those games. I think you're due for another one of those. He's playing out of the slot a little bit more, but this is definitely a game where you could see an A.J. Brown, an Adam Humphrey, somebody work out of the slot. We need to be able to slow them down, so he's going to be a guy that's going to get tasked with that job occasionally. He's also going to be able to make plays as a run defender, working in those intermediate zones where the Titans are going to be targeting most of the time. This is a game that kind of primes him to be put in his best position rather than kind of stuck back deep helping over the top of our cornerbacks. I had a lot of fun watching the interior to defensive line this week. I just I couldn't get my eyes off of the likes of Colin Saunders and Derek Naughty, even Joey Ivy a little bit. Just just out, just out of curiosity more so with him. I don't think he's particularly good, but uh, and then Mike Pennell. Mike Pennell is my guy to watch because a, a midseason ad you don't expect much of anything. There's a reason he was available, but man, I I really like watching him in the run game. Like not none of these guys are providing you much of anything in the passing in in, in pass rush. They're just kind of walking their guys back into the quarterback, collapsing the pocket a little bit inside. They're not really dynamic, provi- you know, using many moves or anything. But in the run game, my goodness, like they're it's it's it market improvement over the beginning of the season, and I really enjoy watching him. So he's a guy I'm going to keep my keep an eye on this week to see if he can continue to have the success, and I think he will. I think he's a I think he's going to be a great midseason ad by Brett Veach. So credit to him. All right, guys, time for the predictions. Craig, what you got? Okay, I like Mike Frabel. I think he's a good coach. I think they're a fairly well-coached team, but I don't see this being remotely close. I I think this is a potential trap game that Patrick Mahomes has been playing all this time, maybe something that they overlook, but... Patrick Mahomes has come back. Patrick Mahomes wants to enter into the MVP conversation again. He wants to show that in this time that he's been gone, he hasn't lost anything. He wants to be out there with all the weapons. And this defense, frankly, matches up really, really well with the Tennessee offense for the first time in several weeks. I'm giving, I'm tipping my hat to the defense, and they played pretty well. So I I think the offense is going to score regularly. I think the defense is going to limit the Tennessee offense. I'm going 42-14 Chiefs. That's uh, it's quite Craig the, coming uh, with the big numbers. Quite the spread there, Craig. I'll tell you what. I'll match that spread. I got 45-17. I, 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 I hate doing this, but I, I think it's a blowout. 
I think the momentum, I think the establish the fun campaign starts with a bang. 45 points. Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdowns. Reminds everyone who he is. Defense plays great. Chiefs win. So here's the thing. Every time we get to one of these games where we're all sitting here talking about how the Chiefs match up real well, they should blow out the other team, so on and so forth, we get a nail-biter. We get a game that's close. It doesn't ever end up being a blowout when we're all feeling a blowout. It hasn't happened yet, I feel like, in two years. So with that said, I'm going to have to pick the Tennessee Titans to go ahead and take this one (laughs) on the chin and lose 38-20. to I'm picking the blowout, too. I'm with these guys. I think the Chiefs have a perfect matchup here, both offensively and defensively. I don't think what the Titans do is good enough to beat what the Chiefs do. It's similar to the Lions game. The only difference is I think the Lions that time were playing a lot better football than the Titans have played at all this year. Add in their injuries right now. I don't even know if they just have the ability to grind out the Chiefs to this slow, sloppy game. Add in the Chiefs' improved defense of late. I don't see the Titans having any kind of success through the air. Maybe they break out one decently long run or a screen play. Dang, there's your 20 points. 38-20, Chiefs blow them out. It's not even that close. Reed lets off the pedal midway through the second quarter. All right, we're all picking a blowout. I like it. Uh, That is going to do it for the game preview edition of the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory this week. We will be back to react to whatever happens in this blowout next week. Catch you later.